of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 41 of Conference Talk. This is Kevin and Shelby, and today... We are come together to discuss, to have a conversation about the talk entitled The Culture of Christ by Elder William K. Jackson of the 70. Shelby's yawning already. (laughs) No, I'm yawning because I'm tired, not because of the talk. It is about 9.30 p.m. here. So we're doing this one a little bit late, but, uh, you know, I, I've actually been looking forward to this talk Mm -hmm. or discussing this talk, uh, largely because of that word culture. Oh, and I wanted, oh, I will (laughs) (laughs) believe me. I will. It was a couple years ago. I was in a business meeting. And the guy who was speaking, he defined culture in the workplace as, um, and of course, he's talking to managers, to leaders. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, culture is when your people do what you do. And... I thought about that throughout this week as I listened to this talk a couple times. And if it's the culture of Christ, his church, his organization, and we are followers of him, then the culture of Christ is just doing what he does and what he did and what he teaches us to do. Right? Yeah. I like that. I never heard of that definition of culture. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. To create a culture, it's usually you want the people, like when you're trying to cultivate some type of atmosphere or environment, you usually are the one demonstrating what you want to be done. And so Christ, when he came down here, he showed us exactly what was to be done. And, and it's not just his mortal ministry, it's also his work 
uh, his unified work with the father and his instruction and guidance of prophets of old when he was uh, the great Jehovah Mm -hmm. of the Old Testament as well. So like the thing that I learned that stood out from this talk to me was how culture can be a great thing and how culture can also be, in a sense, it can keep you from things. And I I don't really know how to explain it, but culture can run really, really deep. Like it can, and that's good. Like if it, if it runs deep, okay. Like that means it means a lot to you. Sorry. I feel like I'm saying like a lot. So I'm going to try to stop that. (laughs) (laughs) However, in this talk, he brings up the fact, I want to talk about the other side of culture being maybe something that could hinder you. And I want to read what he said, because I think he says it very eloquently. Mm-hmm. It made me understand the Book of Mormon, and I'll reference that in a second. But it says, It may seem that culture is so heavenly embedded in our thinking and behavior that it is impossible to change. And then at the very end, he says, an overfixation on one's cultural identity may lead to the rejection of worthwhile, even godly ideas, attributes, and behavior. So immediately, and Kevin, I think your mind probably went there too, but I thought of the phrase in the Book of Mormon of traditions of their fathers. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Okay. So then I'm like, let me go look at, like, is this how traditions of fathers are made? Is through cultural thingies, right? I don't don't know how to say it, but through the culture. So I found a reference in Alma 6032. I also found a reference in Mosiah 1.5. I think Kevin found another one in 4.5, maybe. Possibly. Traditions of fathers. So... I'll read the one in Mosiah 1, verse 5, and it says, well, background on Mosiah 1, 5, they're basically writing to preserve the record for future generations. And at the end, he says, basically, we write the Lamanites who know nothing concerning these things or even do not believe them when they are taught them because of the traditions of their fathers, which are not correct. Right. So that's just one verse in the Book of Mormon that brings it up. So it does show, it gave me insight into the Book of Mormon and and warping that together of how sometimes if we focus too much on culture, we might miss other things that are good, worthy things to embrace and know. And I think that's what happened in the Book of Mormon is that the culture ran so deep that they missed it. They missed the mark. Yeah. A uh, couple things there. So I, I think the, the perfect example, which you gave, mm-hmm. of a, what would the word be? A toxic culture. Yeah, there you go. The perfect example of that is the Lamanites in the Book of Mormon. Right. Where all of the the 
eternal hatred, as it's talked about in the Book of Mormon, that the Lamanites have against their kin, the, the Nephites. It all's rooted from the family disputations or dissensions uh, between, obviously, Nephi and his brothers, Laman and Lamiel. Correct. And then it just was... Uh, just ricocheted from that. Well, yeah. It, it just it, it became more and more intense. And then it, it was very much like a kind of like a gang mentality, us versus them. Um, unfortunately, you could also look at that politically in today's society. Yeah. Where it's, you know, I'm a this, they are a that. We couldn't possibly get along. Um, and in many ways, you do get along just fine with those people until you have the luxury of not getting along with them. When you have to get along with them, you can make it work. But when everything's kind of peaceable, mm -hmm. everything's, there's no struggle, that is when the, the, the two cultures collide. Right. I flipped open or clicked, pressed over uh, in my, the scriptures in the, on my phone to 4th Nephi. And in 4th Nephi, this is a period of time following the coming of Jesus Christ to the New World, to the American continent. And this is after he's died, resurrected, ascended into heaven. And now he comes to visit the, the people of Nephi um, on the American continent. Following that, it says, and it came to pass that both Nephites and Lamanites were converted unto the Lord. I'm paraphrasing up until this point. And this is the quote. And there were no contentions and disputations among them, and every man did deal justly one with another. And they had all things in common among them. Therefore, there were not rich and poor, bond and free, but they were made free, uh, were all made free and partakers of the heavenly gift. And that is the, that's like the, the result of being taught by Jesus Christ, right? Which, man, if, if <laughs> like only. Like coming directly, yeah. But I also, I don't think that you have to get a personal ministry from Jesus Christ to, to be considered partakers of the heavenly gift. That gift uh, is also a testimony. It is a deepening conversion mm -hmm. to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which anyone who diligently seeks can find right so the, the question is is how do we how do we become partakers of that heavenly gift how do we how do we make sure that our conduct and our um 
focus? Yeah, our focus is on being a representative of Jesus Christ, I guess. You embrace his culture, <laughs> right? Right. It, it, I, I mean, short answer, if that's what you're looking for. But that's what came to my head was you embrace what he taught. Yeah. Because that tells you everything you need to do. And you just make it like, you make it a standard operating procedure <laughs> to just, to, to, to act and live that way. It becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. An example that we kind of give, we give a lot of examples of, of mm, curbing road rage. Oh man. So for example, when things happen on the road, I always say, you know, I, I did frankly forgive them. He you know? did. He did that today. Yeah. He's not yeah. lying. And you can start there, right? You can start when it's easy to forgive people and make that part of your culture, even within your family. Hey, we don't hold grudges. We don't even hold 20 second grudges. Right. We forgive people immediately because that's what Jesus Christ does. And when you start with the little things, ultimately it gets easier to do with the bigger things. Yeah. Because you've done it so much with the little things. Mm -hmm. I want to talk for a second about the church being a worldwide church, having many different races and ethnicities and even cultures that exist within the church. Mm -hmm. um, and I bring that up because he does point out that there was a man who was hesitant that he later learned was hesitant to join the church because he did not want to give up his culture, uh, what he was raised in. He felt like he would be betraying that. And I, I think sometimes I fall into the trap of this is an American church. And I know that's not correct because it is a worldwide church, but where you are, a lot of the time is where you think the church is, but we forget that perspective of, man, it's everywhere. Okay. Like it's all over the world. And so sometimes when people learn about the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints through missionaries or family, they think, I don't know how I can integrate the culture I've been raised in into the culture of Christ. And the reality of it is we're not asking, um, anybody to give up their culture we're just adding to it with the culture of christ it's like the little cherry on top right like hey you already got a good thing going with your beliefs and your values as long as they're consistent with the culture of christ here you go here's some more this is your cherry on top everything you've been felt that was missing it's finally here so it's interesting because i think some people Obviously, from this story, he can't be the only one in the world uh, that felt this way. So it is important to embrace other people's cultures. I know we have a lot of people in our ward who are um, uh, Samoan or Tongan, and they had a Christmas party, not this past year, but the year before in 2019, where they embraced the culture of 
um, I don't know, the dancing that they do, and they did a little talent show on it and stuff. We weren't there, but I did see pictures on Facebook. That's why I can okay. attest to it. So um, that culture was embraced at church, right? And it was a good thing. So it it just shows that pretty much anything that is good <laughs> exists in this church, in his, in his church, in his culture. And that is the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. And I can tell Kevin really has something to say. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him say that. <laughs> What about people who talk about the church culture? So wasn't there, okay, pause. Wasn't there, don't pause the recording, but wasn't there a talk that was given earlier in this conference or the conference before, I can't remember, that, no, it was, it was this conference, October 2020, where they said culture Goodness, I can't remember. I would have to talk to Abriana. She would remember. But anyway, go with your thought. What was your question? What about people who bring up church culture, right? Like in a negative connotation where they've had, I'm just going to throw out examples that I've seen on social media it's like well you know um, priesthood leaders have didn't believe me when I I brought up a concern or an issue that I had with somebody or you know my when I was a young woman a young women's the leader gave me a lot of grief about, you know, my, my clothing or like there, what I'm trying to talk about is the, the, the more, it's not the culture of Christ, but sometimes there's a culture that does run deep in the church and it depends on where you're at geographically i don't know anything about the church in utah though some people do bring up like oh it's different there like there's there's mm. some uh, elitism or there's just there's just a different thing going on over there mm -hmm. what that's well, my question. What what about when people bring that up? Is that is that that's this? not the culture of Jesus Christ, right? Because okay, so now going back, I found that talk that was, that I randomly went on a rant about. Okay, it's hearts knit in righteousness and unity, mm. and and he says it's by Elder. Uh, my goodness, Elder Cook. Yes. Yeah, it's by Elder Cook, and he says this. He talks about culture in it, and it's very consistent with what we're talking about right now. He says, our church culture comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when things like that happen, usually that's that's that individual, right? Like that's not a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, well, I always say that the church organization is perfect, but the people within it that exist are not 
Right. And so in that situation, when there's a bad experience that happens like that, well, rest assured, the gospel didn't change. The Book of Mormon didn't change. The words didn't change in there. That culture is what it is. And, it, and it's not changing. But that person, they have faults. They have weaknesses. So maybe it wasn't right in line with the culture of Christ. I think, um, actually, I know, because it's here in the talk, it says charity, true Christ-like caring, is the bedrock of this culture. We feel real concern for the needs of our fellow man, temporal and spiritual, and act on those feelings. This dispels prejudice and hatred. And um, let me think about how I wanted to say this because I was listening to you and I kind of, I tried to not think about what I was going to say. <laughs> I do that sometimes. So it's kind of a two lane street. It's a two way road here because if you're the person who's saying that I've experienced this unfriendly or even toxic church culture at a specific ward or in a specific stake or just in a geographical area, then you need to practice the true culture of Christ, which is to forgive the wrongdoings of others that they, they obviously don't get it, but you can get it by practicing and adopting that true culture of Christ, which is forgiveness, loving them despite their faults, and pursuing the the culture of revelation that he talks about, the re receiving and developing spiritual gifts. Yeah. And, you know, not being too caught up in the institution of the church where you're at because anybody in, in the church should know that people in positions of leadership or even in a teaching uh, position, it's only so that they can get better and learn themselves on what they, they should be doing. Yeah, I agree. I also want to point out that he says the culture of Christ helps us to see ourselves as we really are. And so when something, a bad experience might happen, let me finish the quote. He also says, and when, and when seen through the lens of eternity tempered with righteousness, it serves to increase our ability to fulfill the great plan of happiness. So as we see the greater picture and see who we really are, when moments like this happen, we know that that's just a part of the fallen world, but that his eternal plan and his grand plan that he has for you is so much more than that little mistake that happened or whatever experience that happened. So I don't know the culture of Jesus Christ. Like you said, you should, you should then put that into practice at that moment when that experience happens. So I like that a lot. Yeah. There's um, 
there's a part where he also talks about how the culture or this cult, this principle of charity I know the the culture champions the principle of agency. The ability to choose ex, is extremely important for our development and our happiness. And he also says choosing wisely is essential. And we have we have a choice. We have a choice to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and obey his commandments. And when we do that, we are living uh, the culture of Christ. I really hope, I just had this thought too. I really hope that everyone listening can cultivate that culture in their homes. That's the most important place for it to be lived and, and cultivated. Mm-hmm. Because the, then you take that, if you're living in that environment of a culture of Christ in your home, when you leave that home, you take that culture with you wherever you go. And I think that's in a sense of how you become a light to the world. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, what did, what did this last year teach us about the institution of the church and how important it is? Mm-hmm. It actually taught us that it's not as important as what's going on in your own home. Right? Because the church can get closed down. (laughs) Well, but it also, conversely, just to throw it up back at you, is that the hierarchy or uh, to say of the church, like from the prophets and the apostles to the 70, to the area 70, to the stake, to the bishop, to us, it's not that far away, right? Like if you can't meet at a church building, you're still getting directions from the leaders at the top that go all the way down to you. Right. And I say top, they're not, they in no way, I guarantee you in no way do the apostles look at us lesser than. No, I don't. Think- I don't think I, because that's the thing as humans, we, we put these, you're rich and I'm poor and you're cool and I'm not. And like, no, stop thinking that way. Like we are all one because we all have the same work. And so it's just interesting, too, because the organization is there so that even if we are at home, we still are getting direct revelation of what God wants us to do. So anyway, just had to throw that out there, too. Sure. Yeah, I really, I really, I think at the end there, I really learned that it's most important in your home. So we got to do better, Kev. Well, yeah, that's what that that's another part of the culture of Christ, mm-hmm. which is getting good. <laughs> There's a, a note that I made a couple couple Sundays back in a sacrament meeting, which which was when you get good at something, the Lord can use you better in that thing. So get good. <laughs> Because he's he wants to use you, yeah. And you'll find great joy as you serve uh, serve him and serve your fellow man in a Christ like way. 
So that's just my those, that's my concluding thought there. Any concluding thoughts on your end, Sheldon? The culture of Jesus Christ, it will require change. Wow. I really like that. Why? Not only are we natural men and women in that we we like we like to be comfortable <laughs> and we like to do things our way and we were just talking today earlier uh, with my mom mm. about a, a guy who is real set in his ways. And uh, Jesus Christ, he will push you to go in a, a new direction, to, to try new things, to do things differently, because he understands better than anybody that the world is is going to change. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep doing the same thing as time moves on, as people develop and, and societies progress. And so you you do have to be ready to be uncomfortable and ready to change, but only change to be better. Like you can, you can, you can be uncomfortable with a smile on your face because you know that there's, there's greater, uh, greater things ahead for you. I really like that quote. You can be uncomfortable with a smile on your face because you know there are greater things ahead of you. I like that a lot. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Write that down. Write it down. Well, I'll do it right now because me and the microphone will pick it up. But right after we end, <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, um, to wind down, well, I guess now that we have winded down, yeah. our next episode is going to be um, discussing Elder Uchtdorf's talk. I'm very excited to listen to it because I did not listen to it <laughs> like at all. Uh, during conference, I, I it was at the very end of the session. I was kind of ready to get up and do something, you know. Uh, and it is called "God Will Do Something Unimaginable." Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I'm looking through this real briefly, and I have I do not remember this talk either. No, I we've got to study it out, and oh, for sure, we have to repent. Okay. With a smile on our face. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be smiling throughout this whole talk. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, that's it. We'll be back with you next week, and, and we're excited. So, bye, y'all. Bye.